holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code ARSCAST at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico. Qué golazo de Bellerín, gol del Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. Good morning to you, sleepyhead. Good morning. Sorry for keeping you waiting. I genuinely was, as you've suggested, asleep. That that tends to happen this time of the morning. It is quite early. It is. Not for normal people who've got real jobs. I, th- I imagine they're all departed their house in their suits long ago. But for me, this is obscene. Yeah, this is the earliest I think we've ever recorded the Arscast Extra. True, although not when I was in America. I think on American time, I did some at sort of 6, 7 a.m. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think so. That's commitment, though. That that really is. I care about talking all this shit. Yeah. Who can forget those days in a hallway with an air conditioning unit outside? (laughs) Good times. Heady days, halcyon days. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. So why are you so tired? You're 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 doing things? I'm doing things. I've been performing this weekend, performing comedy in a place called Buxton, which I didn't really know existed. I thought it was just a brand of water. But it turns out all that water comes from a very specific location in Derbyshire. Wow. Yeah. And then I've been down to Brighton. I've been all over the place. So I'm doing a sort of tour of... Again, all, places that begin with B. I think it, you, you need big, to... It's a big thing for me. Yeah, you, you probably need to diversify a little bit because there are 25 other letters of the alphabet and you're restricting yourselves to a very small portion of the population. I've no interest in those other places at all. If it doesn't begin with B, uh, I've got, uh, you know, it, it, it's just of no relevance to me. Well, fair enough. Look, I like a man who sticks by his principles. What, so, um, go on. What have you been up to then? What, uh, nothing. I'm so envious in some respects. <laughs> yeah, literally uh, nothing. Uh, as much nothing as possible uh, while doing lots of stuff that's of no real interest. You know, it's been fairly, fairly dull. Um, but we have, of course, won a trophy. Yes, the treble is on. Mm-hmm. The pre-season treble yeah. of Asia Trophy, Emirates Cup and Community Shield. I, I did uh, make a tweet to that effect the other day. I said mm. that, uh, you know, if we can add the... Uh, we can add the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield to the uh, Barclays Asia Trophy. The rest of the season, it won't matter what happens. Amazingly, and I know we should never be amazed, quite a lot of people took that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I like the idea that we'd be on the beach come August. Yeah, so exactly. Oh, we've done everything that needs to be done already. Like a Newcastle season, just yeah. doing, doing nothing from that. Oh, that's my phone. I'll turn it off. Um, but basically, uh, yes, I, I saw bits and pieces of that. I, I must admit, I wasn't as focused on the Asia Trophy as I might have been, given the, the silverware at stake. True. I, I too, uh, was deciding whether or not to watch the game on Saturday or whether to go and buy a frying pan. Quite the conundrum. It really is. I'm in desperate need of a of a new frying pan. And uh, I mean, is there a specific reason? What happened to the previous one? I don't know. Maybe I'm just very hard on frying pans, but they don't seem to last very long. I even bought some good ones the last time it was by one of those one of those chef guys. I can't remember mm. uh, somebody good anyway. A branded, yeah, frying a pan. branded, and they looked nice and everything. But you know, they just they just haven't lasted the pace. Um, so I, I can't I, keep up with you. All that bacon. 
yes, all that all that frying and making of food in them. I don't know. They just they've they've got sort of scorched, and it's not because I'm I'm uh, I'm unaware of how to use a frying pan. They just don't seem to last the way that they should. So I I, I plump for the frying pan shopping rather than watch the Barclays Asia Trophy. And in the end, I didn't get a frying pan. What can you say? At least they won the cup, eh, there? Well, that was small comfort. Small exactly. comfort. You know, you can't always win with the frying pan, but mm. you can rely on Arsenal at least. That is, that's very true. Um, so, yeah, 3-1 win over, over Everton. I mean, how much do we read into this uh, pre-season stuff? Because it is just pre-season, and if we don't win, people go, well, it's just pre-season, it's all about fitness. And if we do win, there's a tendency perhaps to go a little bit over the top and say, well, we're fantastic. We've got to like sort of take it on a fairly easy level, right? Yeah, I think so. I think primarily it is about fitness. I suppose if you want to take the positives from it, it's always nice to win things. I think it's good for morale you know it's good for the squad I'm sure they you know part of pre-season is about bonding and things like that and mm. I think that probably helps that, that on that front and I also think that if you look at the goals we scored against Everton there were signs that the cohesion uh, and some of the understanding between the likes of Cazorla and Ozil that we saw uh, at the back end of last season remains intact or continues to blossom but I think in terms of saying well we're, we're definitely going to start the season like a house on fire I don't think it's possible to draw that sort of conclusion yeah yeah cohesion is a word that I've seen used quite a lot over this weekend mm, I'm nothing if not unoriginal yeah well look that goes without saying but perhaps it is the uh the narrative that's what it's all about this this cohesion uh, within the squad that we have a very very settled squad and perhaps that's one of the benefits of that yeah absolutely i think that that is the case and i think that arsenal's talked about that when when talking about transfers and that's a return to what he prefers in a summer i think last season the amount of players he brought in quite anomalous so i think it'll all be about trying to get that chemistry going and what was the word per Mertzaka used at the back end of last year? Can automatisms. Automatisms. It's all about those automatisms. Mm. They're great. But, I imagine automatisms a bit like minions. Right. Like sort of little people who, who live inside you. Yeah. Or just like, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think they're cool. Every time they do something like that on the pitch, an automatism goes, wee. <laughs> but that could be just me. That could be just you. I think it do probably you- is. Did you see the goals at least? At the I, I did. I did see the goals. Very nice. Santi Cazorla, a little bit of magic. Bang inside mm. the near post. Theo Walcott, a good run. Good bit of strength in the centre forward position. And we'll mm. come to Theo, I'm sure, in a, in a few moments' time. And obviously, uh, Mesut Ozil with a, with a goal as well. Nice finishes, every single one. Yeah, I really liked Ozil's goal, I have to say. Maybe it's just because it was... You know, nice to see him finish with a bit of conviction, which could sometimes be absent. It was one of those great ones as well, where he was sort of running onto it, and there was another player, it could have been Walcott maybe, who was there yeah, also, and he just sort of was like, no, get away, I'm doing this, mm. which I like. I like that one. There's just that sort of thing between two players, and one of them just takes charge. It's all very manful or something. Do you, uh, and Patrick, of course, played he his did. first Arsenal game. Made it one decent save, I thought. What, did you see the save? I didn't. Sort of... I didn't see the save. No. All right, nice little save. Sort of going, you know. Uh, but a header was looping over him, and he sort of clipped it up onto the bar. Right. Well, for ten million pounds, you'd expect nothing less. That's all I can say. Exactly. No sign of his agility waning there at thirty-three. But uh, yeah, so silverware, another one in the bank. Yeah. Never mind the two FA Cups. Yeah. Forget about those. We we'll have to make room on the Emirates course for a concourse for a little plaque saying. Yeah. Asia Trophy 2015. That's it. That's it. The prestigious, uh, the prestigious Barclays Asia Trophy is ours. Well, we also played the semi-final since we last spoke. Of course, let's not forget the Singapore Select Eleven. Yeah, I didn't see any of that either. That was Chibrak uh, Pom's day, really, wasn't it? It was. It was a hat trick for him and a goal for Jack Wilshire as well. 
Um, so we see, obviously put out the uh, the younger side against uh, the Singapore Select eleven, uh, and some of them seem to acquit themselves pretty well. Whether or not they've done enough to put themselves into the manager's thinking going forward or, or into the season. Interesting comments about Agpom, but I've got a question about that for the for the second part. So I'll I'll come Let's back to him. I'll come back it. to him. Um, you, you talked about the bonding and the the way that the team were uh, were all together, etc. Did you uh, see that Santi? Zorla video, the heading video? Yes, I did. That's brilliant, isn't it? It's magical again. It really is amazing because, you know, I, I we all play football to a certain level, to a certain wow. to a certain standard, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm being very generous to us here. Thank but, you. you know, if you're standing there, if you're there a bit early and you're doing a bit of warm-up with somebody and you're, like, booting the ball to each other and then, right, let's try a couple of headers. Like, if I get three, I'm, I'm pretty fucking happy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah three but he's in a swimming pool going round and round in a circle magic magic stuff that was really good fun though it is it's up there with uh what was the what, the previous video with him and was it monreal in the gym monreal. yeah that's it yeah i mean he's just incredible the 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 technique and the skill and the the ability to control the ball with any part of his body i'd say santi gazorla could play football with his arse mm. If he really had to, like if he was involved in a terrible landmine accident, and I, you know, I hope obviously that doesn't happen to him, and he were to lose both his legs, and he he eschewed the the old uh, Blade Runner type appendages, I'd say he could still play football with his arse muscles. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to see that come to pass, but I'd certainly be very intrigued to. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so he actually played as the deepest midfielder against Everton, um, which is quite an interesting, interesting little thing. I mean, whether or not that would ever... That's the thing. It's like, can you read anything into that strategy? Like, uh, in a competitive game, yeah. that wouldn't happen. You'd have Cockland in alongside him. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think that would work in Premier League, to be honest. Uh, I think his, his legs might come off, as you've suggested. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I you know it seems like it was a good, good little trip for them. I think you know the, it's obviously great for the fans over there as well, mm-hmm. and they were they were great. I mean, from the clips and stuff that I saw, the support in the stadiums was superb. Yeah, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. All right. Yeah. So look, no harm done, and we beat we beat a Premier League team. Yeah. So, which makes me feel like it's more of an accomplishment. So yeah. All right. So roll on to the Emirates Cup. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So who are we playing in the Emirates Cup? Who's uh, who are the other teams? I don't even know. Uh, neither do I actually. Uh, I'll just check that out right now. I just, I think that I think it's Leon. One of them. Could be. Could be. Yes, Leon is one of them. Ooh, so Leon. And Wolfsburg and, is it? Uh, that's right. Of course. That's right. The return of Nicholas Bentner. Yeah, Wolfsburg. Oh wow! Wow. That's a big, big game, isn't it? That was good Oxlade-Chamberlain, that clip, wasn't it? Funny. Yeah, that's great. Anyone who hasn't seen it, he gets asked <laughs> which Arsenal legend he'd like to see return to the club. Quick as a flash, replies with, with Lord Bentner. What do you read into that? Do you think, like, what does that tell you about Bentner's status in the dressing room at the time when he was with the club? Like, is that just gentle ribbing or is that yeah, something more? I'd say that's gentle ribbing. I think Oxlade-Chamberlain is... Uh, is a funny guy, really. You know, he's got a, a, a good uh, a good wit about him, mm. which is a terrible thing to say. Actually, it's like when you say a song that's got a good beat. Um, mm. But no, he's a funny guy, so I reckon it's just taking the piss. And of course, you know, he is a bit of an easy target. But there you go. He's deserving of it. You yeah. know, when, you, when you come out with some things, he's come out with. You <laughs> set yourself up. Um, so what? Oh yeah. So uh, Leon, obviously, uh, Lacazette plays for Leon, doesn't he? Lacazette. Could we yeah. have a quick word in his uh, in his shell like on uh, on the weekend? I don't know what was it? he. He spoke out in the week, didn't he, and said, "Oh, I'm I'm focused on Leon." But it's easy to say that until someone starts waving all the, yeah. all the money. And I mean, he did. Say, I, yeah, I think what it, what his point was. Look, the president can do what he wants in terms of accepting a bid, but look, I want to stay here. I don't want people to think I'm a, a money grabber or I'm not up for the fight. Um, and I think that's what his, his statement was about. It didn't necessarily rule out a move. It said, I, I'm happy to stay, but look, if you want to sell me, hey, hey, what can I do about it if you tell me I'm surplus to requirements? Mm. Well, 
let's have a word then while they're over here. Why not? Well, you, you, are you going to be working at it or? I won't. I'll be. Right. So why are we going to ask me to say something? Yeah. Well, I was going to say because you, you know you, you've got a you've got a way with words. You've got uh, a, yeah. You've got a kind of charm about you that could uh, could tempt him. <laughs> the gift of the gap. Mm. I am. I'm not going to be there. Sadly. Where are you going to be in some B town doing comedy? I'm going to be in Bedinburgh. Edinburgh. Mm. At the Edinburgh Festival. All right. Uh, so, yeah, sadly I shan't be there. But hopefully, you know, Dick Law or someone more competent can, can maybe do that right. instead. Okay. Um, other stories going on. Matthew Flamini linked with a move to Galatasaray. Yeah, that's where everyone's going these days. It's like Premier League retirement home, isn't it? I saw somebody talking about this. There's something to do with the way that clubs are owned in Turkey. Right. So that the the tax on wages is a lot lower than it would be in any other country. So Turkey is now in a position where it can pay players um, considerably more, or they get more value for their for their uh, their gross pay packet. So it becomes more attractive to players like Nani and Robin van Persie and Lucas Podolski, and also makes those kind of players affordable for for Turkish clubs. It's interesting. That is interesting, yeah. I think I remember hearing about that back when sort of Vesley Schneider first went there, which was a bit of a surprise. But mm. they, um, yeah, Flamini, I mean, would you be surprised to see him sold? Uh, not really, but then it would be the first time ever in his career that he's commanded a, a transfer fee. He won't be happy about it. The guy loves a Bosman, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. He lives for the Bosman. He's all about He's, he's all about that Bosman. Um, no treble. <laughs> but would you, uh, you you'd think that that we would be prepared to let him go? Would you imagine? I think so, but then you'd have to wonder: Do you then leave yourself a bit short? Because um, whatever about wanting competition for Coquelin at the moment, even if you don't necessarily rate Flamini or Arteta, and there are people out there who don't rate either of those players, they're there though. They're they're numbers. They provide options within the squad. So if uh, Flamini goes, what's the alternative if uh, if Arteta picks up another injury or if, if Coquelin is out injured or suspended, et cetera, et cetera? You do perhaps leave yourself a little short, no? Could it be mm. the sign that uh, a midfielder is coming? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, that's an area we've talked about for, for months now. Mm. I mean, I, and I do think that Arteta and Coquelin... Yeah, it's 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 all right, but I do think that you could do with another option there. So potentially, he is leaving to make way for somebody else. Yeah. Either way, um, there's, there's quite a lot of sort of crowing about Flamini, isn't there? There's sort of like a lot of good riddance attitude. Yeah, I, can, I don't. I you know, I don't think he's the world's best player by a long shot, but I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as as people say either. You know. I think perception of him sort of seemed to really change quite dramatically. So when he left Arsenal, there was a bit of... Uh, what a guess, cunt! Yeah, which was understandable because he, you know, he walked out the end of his contract, which he's entitled to do. But then when he came back, he... What a hero! Yeah, exactly. He introduced something to our play that really had been absent. Um, but then by the time the following season rolled around... What a cunt again! Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like I've you know recorded these tidbits from a, a selection of fans to illustrate the point perfectly. So yeah, you've done beautifully there. Thank but you. I don't, thank you. And when he leaves, I don't know. Maybe it'll reverse. Maybe he'll be yeah, yeah somewhere in the middle. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. It is a strange one. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. To be perfectly honest, no. But he didn't. He didn't have a great season last season, and there no. were a couple of. High-profile areas. I mean, he gave the ball away. I think against Spurs didn't he, in the North London derby. Yeah, uh, for their for their opening goal, and that that won't have endeared him to anybody. But you know, um, as I say, good riddance. What a cunt! I love him. <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see if there's any truth to uh, to that story. But you know, it, it doesn't seem unreasonable uh, that they might be in for him and, and prepared to pay him what he might like and uh, what that means for Arsenal. We'll have to wait and see between uh, now and the end of the transfer window. Theo Walcott, James. Theo Walcott. What a curious chap he is. Theo Walcott. What strange, strange quotations um, mm. from him on his on his new contract. 
Um, my agent has talked to the club. I enjoy playing for this club, so I'm just letting them crack on with things and I'll continue playing football. If it happens, it happens. We'll just play the waiting game and see what happens. But I'm sure it won't be long. I mean, what? I don't know what he's talking about. I, it's so weird. I think he's, he's very... He's, what we do know about Theo is very PR conscious and he's obviously trying to put across this image that he's just this happy-go-lucky children's author <laughs> who <laughs> happens to play for a major football team and is probably unaware that he's even being paid for the pleasure. you know. And he's just like, oh, there's a man called an agent and he decides everything for me. I, you know, I'm just trying my best and working on my next book. So <laughs> I... I I don't really know. I mean, obviously he's... Do you, do you think it's a bit disingenuous? Oh, I think it might be, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, look, my my strong impression is that he probably does want to remain with the club, but simply for the right price, effectively. Right. Well, does he have the, the chops to kind of back up this stance, though? You know, um, the, the footballing chops? Yeah, the footballing chops in the sense that, you know, he's a guy who's injured a lot. And even aside from the cruciate injury he picked up, uh, he's he's been pretty much injury-plagued throughout his Arsenal career. He had one fantastic season in 2012-2013 where he scored 21 goals, mm-hmm. which was a, a, a really great season. But since 2010, he averages just over nine goals a season, which mm. isn't necessarily what you need to be the most demanding and difficult person when it comes to contract negotiation you know uh, Arsenal have managed to uh, achieve contract renegotiations with with Jack Wilshire with Aaron Ramsey with Per Mertesacker Lauren Koscielny uh, Santi Gazorla players who arguably have been more consistent and more valuable than Theo Walcott has but every single time when it comes to Walcott's contract as Arsene Wenger says it's a, it's a tough process you know they've got to make contact with the embassy um you know it seems at odds with with him as a footballer there is the other side of it though isn't there that that Walcott as a package isn't just a footballer he's a very clean cut marketable sort of a guy um that I think they they you know that that has a bearing as well do you think that has a bearing on? Yeah, on on. Do you? I, I think that's I, why. I think that's why they feel they can be a bit more difficult because he is very popular. You know, he's he's a he's a young English guy. Well, he's not young anymore, but he's English. Doesn't get into any trouble. Brilliant author as well. Fantastic, fantastic children's books. TJ and the TJ and the contract negotiation. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I yeah perhaps so perhaps so I, I do I think he's got the the weight to carry off this sort of negotiation I don't know last time obviously he did and we've talked a lot about why this time is different my instinct still says that he will stay I just think that he it's just being a pain in the ho- in yeah, the hole basically yeah like whether that be under the instruction of his agent or not I just think he's being a bit of a dick about it right. Uh, that's basically my my interpretation. What do you think? I think that's probably right. I think he he probably does want to stay, but uh, he's got a team of people working for him and and uh, who who obviously tell him this is what you're worth. This is what we can get you elsewhere. I think the the elsewhere avenues are pretty much closed for him. You know, Manchester City would have seemed like a reasonable destination for him if they'd been interested. Liverpool perhaps as well. You know, I do think as well that perhaps there's a, a little bit of self-awareness in the sense that when we had these negotiations a couple of years ago, he knew he was invaluable, and now he knows he's not. And he spent most of last season on the bench when he was fit. People forget that he came back from his injury in November. It yeah. wasn't January, it was November. Uh, and he got picked up another little injury. But for the most of the, the second half of the season, he stayed on the bench. And Arsene Wenger said, well, you know, this is to do with his injury and his fitness, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, uh, I, I don't buy that. I think he was on the bench because the manager didn't trust him, didn't want to use him in the team, felt that the team was better without him. I think that is part of it also, that maybe he wants some assurances over playing time or he knows that perhaps his playing time at Arsenal won't be as much as he would like. So if he can get, if that can be offset by a very healthy contract, maybe he's willing to accept that. But if not, 
then maybe he's not up for the fight with Oxlade Chamberlain or whoever else might come in on the right hand side. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. But I think you're right. If you look at the clubs, you know, City have bought Sterling, Liverpool have bought everyone else. So I think <laughs> so I think his options are are narrowed. And I think I think he knows that he's sort of you know, we've talked a lot about how there are technical limitations in Walcott's game and and in a respect I think he's protected at Arsenal because Arsene Wenger knows him so well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he knows how to maximise his skills and equally how to shield slightly against the weaknesses in his game. And I think that Walcott has a good thing going at Arsenal and will want to continue that. Mm. Once he stops being a dick, basically. And it's all about finding <laughs> that finding that price, which will be a compromise, hopefully, because I think Arsenal don't need to pay him whatever he demands at the present time. Yeah. yeah. But I'd like it to be sorted out before the start of the season, really, as a fan. I mean, it's really not something... Which, even, even if you think, well... Last time he signed in January and it was absolutely no problem. But that was a problem. Exactly. I still don't want a December and a November and an October full of speculation and stories and distraction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with you there. I think it's a, a distraction that we don't need. And I think that, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a complicated process. Mm. Contracts. Usually they're done with minimal fuss. Uh, and they're done behind the scenes without. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. All this talking in public. You know, um, Walcott is the one who's making it an issue, I think, obviously because of the reluctance to uh, to to sign the deal or to accept whatever terms that are they're on that are on offer. And look, we're we're all realistic enough to know that it's a business, and he's out to get the best best contract that he can get for himself. We're all aware of that, and I think every player does that. But most players can do it. Ninety five percent of players can do it without it becoming uh, back pages every single time. And I think that's the frustration with Walcott. Listen, I, I I completely agree with you. So I was so I was distracted by thinking about uh, TJ and the contract extension, like <laughs> all the money making possibilities. Uh, well, look, I'm sure he's uh, he's uh, sitting down every morning to put in a good hour's writing before he um, before he goes to training. Just get okay. it right, do the yeah. illustrations, the whole lot. I think I think it's good. I think you know maybe we should. Arsenal should bump up his contract for ask for a, mm. a cut of the proceeds. Yeah, Booker Booker Prize on the way along with the Ballon d'Or for sure. Booker Prize bonus in the yeah. new deal. All right. Okay. Well, look, we'll see what happens with Theo Walcott. We're going to take a short break and we're back with your questions right after this. This episode of the Arscast Extra is brought to you in association with Squarespace. I've been doing Arsblog for 13 years now, and one of the emails I get a lot is, how do I set up my own website? And it used to be a case that you had to know HTML or some coding. That's no longer the case. What you need is Squarespace. It's a really simple way of getting your web presence up there. It works for bloggers, for artists, musicians. If you want to put up a portfolio of your work, if you want a business site, every single Squarespace site comes with an online store built in. It's amazing. There are countless templates to make your site look professional and slick as you would like it to be. They've got brilliant, easy-to-use tools, state-of-the-art technology powering your site to make sure it stays up. It's trusted by millions of people, and it starts at just $8 a month. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. That's for practically nothing. As well as that, if you get stuck at any point, they provide 24-7 support via live chat and email. So what more could you want? You can start your free trial website today with no credit card required at squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up for squarespace please use the code arscast to get 10 percent off your first purchase thank you very much indeed for your support it all helps us here on the podcast thank you to squarespace for their support as well remember squarespace.com build it beautiful
All right, welcome back to the Arscast Extra, brought to you this week, as you've just heard, by Squarespace. Your support uh, for the podcast, your support for Squarespace helps us keep things going. Uh, So thank you very much indeed. Your questions make a big part of this podcast, too, sent to us on Twitter, at GunnarBlog and at ArsBlog. James, you have the honour. Let's go for it. Thank you very much. Well, the first question comes from Tim Stillman. Um, I can assure you it's not quite in the vein of his previous question on this show. Mm -hmm. He asks, given his contract situation and persistent rumours, do you think Monreal will still be here in September? Good question. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he probably will be because... Uh, he's the first choice left back at a Champions League club and with all due respect to I think it's Athletic Bilbao that he's been linked with uh, I don't think they're in the in the Champions League next season are they? Are they? I don't know I should have looked that up well how how could I have looked it up? How could I have you know There's no way How could I have known that, you don't that you were going to ask Spain. me a, Yeah exactly So let me see the, uh, the final table uh, from La Liga I mean I'm going to go with no uh, no, they're not. They've finished 7th, so they're not going to have Champions League football. And I think that's a big draw for a player. I think um, I think Arsenal like him a lot. I think he's better than Kieran Gibbs. And I think it would be a mistake to let him go unless we've identified somebody uh, better that we can bring in at left-back. So, so is, he into, I, is he into the final 12 months, is he now? Um, well, he'd signed, what, in January twenty. 20- was it January 2013? I don't know. It was, you know, it was around... It was the it was the January after Robin Van Persie left, wasn't it? Because Andre Santos in the interim had, had really plummeted in everyone's estimation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all went wrong. Yeah, January 2013, when he joined Arsenal. So you'd look, he's probably signed, what, a three-and-a-half-year deal, four-and-a-half-year deal? Mm-hmm. The old uh, long-term contract for an undisclosed fee kind of kind of thing so mm-hmm. he's probably got I would say another two years right I would have well, thought anyway well unless I, they did three and a half I, I, I don't know but um, no I would be surprised if we if we let him go again to, to go in with cohesion um, unless there's some major major upgrade available that we've identified I don't see any benefit in, in selling him at all no I would really I'd be a bit gutted if you left that mm. after the way he kicked on last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like him to stay on. And to be honest, he's about 30, isn't he? 29, 30. He's 29, yeah. I kind of feel like even if they can't agree a new contract at, at that age, you know, it's not like we outlaid a, a vast amount of money in him. In the, mm. in the position of financial security we're in, I, I'd rather he stay under the terms of his deal, you know, like Bakary Sanya and then go somewhere else than yeah. we cash in and disrupt, you know, a, a gelling back four. Yeah, I think he's going to stay, hopefully, anyway. I hope so, and I think he will. All right. Yeah. Okay, here's a question from Robin Illingworth, at Bob Illingworth, and he says, I'd like to hear your views on Akpom. I don't think he's uh, ready for the Premier League, despite a good Singapore showing. So what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, he had a good preseason. I think, two years ago, wasn't it, that we were out on Asia Tour and he scored a bunch of goals. I think he scored in three different games and then went on to go on loan to Coventry and, and do nothing, as far as I recall. So I don't think you can read too much into it. I, I really like him. Whenever I see him play, be it in, in preseason or the cup competitions or more often at youth level, I always think he's someone who's got enormous potential I was a little bit surprised to hear Arsene Wenger say he's not necessarily going to go out on loan this year because, mm. for me, that seems the obvious step. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think he, he sort of said, I want to keep him here during pre-season. Um, he won't go out. You know, I think we've got to take w- what he says with a, with a bit of a pinch of salt as he, well. I think he may have been slightly misunderstood or sort of, you know, because he said, I want to keep him here for pre-season. And yeah. I think he might make an assessment come... September or whatever it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the Arsenal squad and, and the desire for a, a new striker or somebody who can who can provide something different in the centre-forward role, mm. uh, I, I don't see Akpom as being that player yet. And I think it's a lot to ask of a young player to, to step up and, and to take on that kind of responsibility. Uh, I would agree that I don't think he's ready yet for the Premier League. He's by far outgrown 
youth team football, under 21, reserve team football, that shouldn't be a thing for him anymore. If he stays at Arsenal, that is probably the only way he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And that can't be any good for his development uh, as a player at all. Um, so I, I would say the best thing for him would be a loan move to a Premier League club. If we can convince uh, another Premier or if another Premier League club wants him, then that's that's what we should do, I think. I'd be inclined to agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, that the issue for Akpom is clear. He's had loan spells with Brentford, he's had loan spells with Coventry and Nottingham Forest. And in between those three clubs, he's not scored a league goal. Mm. So I think he really needs to start doing that. Obviously, as a striker, he's got to start converting what he does at youth level into the seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's most likely to get that opportunity at another club, be that top end of championship. or I think Premier League's all well and good as long as he's going to get playing time. You know, There's no point in going to another Premier League club and sitting on their bench. Mm. Um, but uh, I do think a loan move is the way it's going to go. Do you think the loan of Yaya Sonogo to Ajax is any kind of indicator that Akpom might have a, a part to play or do you think that's a they're not sort of related those issues I don't think they're really related I think Sonogo is another player who I think he's a couple of years older than Akpom and still isn't anywhere near close to being ready if he ever will be for the Arsenal first team so a loan move for him makes the same kind of sense as it does for, for Akpom, who's a little bit further behind in, in his development. Um, so I don't see the two of them as as related at all, to be honest, because regardless of what happens with Sonogo, the path for Akpom to break into the first team is still is still very, very difficult. He's got Giroud ahead of him. He's got Welbeck ahead of him. Uh, he might have Theo Walcott ahead of him. He could even have Alexis ahead of him, depending on who the manager decides to play up front in, in particular games. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think a lone move, it's, I mean, it's got to happen, surely. It's the only thing that makes sense for Akpom this season. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. On Sonogo, mm. um, just quickly, what did you make of... What do you think of the choice of Ajax as his destination? Interesting. Interesting because he's got he's going to play Champions League. Yeah. Um, we know the Eredivisie isn't the strongest league in Europe, but um, he, he's going to go to a club that, I suppose in some ways, in terms of its f- football philosophy, is quite similar to Arsenal. Uh, which which is interesting. Frank de Boer is a very experienced coach, and he's working with Dennis Bergkamp, who's the assistant manager there. So you'd 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 think that before they made any move for Sonogo, that there were some conversations between Arsene Wenger, maybe, and Dennis Bergkamp, Mark Overmars, as well as the football director there, or, mm-hmm. or head of footballing. What's it's uh, so so they would have spoken, I'm sure, about uh, about Sonogo as a player. And if Arsene Wenger felt that you know he wasn't good enough for Ajax, I'm sure he probably would have he would have said that to them. But they seem willing to take a to take a chance on him, and I think it is a bit of a chance because I think he's a bit unfairly maligned for his goal scoring record at Arsenal. I mean, he's only played twenty games. Some of those were a sub. Some of those were when he was extremely not ready to be a first team player at Arsenal, but because of the lack of choice, he had to he had to do a job and circumstances forced him into it. I don't think he's a player who ever did anything but his best, but mm-hmm. you know, was so raw that he, he just wasn't ready for it. So maybe it's gonna be a good move for him to develop and to learn from from good players, from good coaches and to play regularly. Hopefully he can uh, he can get a place in the team. Yeah, I'm suspicious of the Eredivisie because they it briefly made me believe that Rio Miachi was good. But, <laughs> and you know, uh, what was the other guy, the guy that went to, to Middlesbrough? Ah, Alfonso Alves. Yeah. Uh, Kesman. Kesman, the list is long. Mm. Um, but the fact that there's Champions League football available to him there, I think is a big factor. Mm. So, yeah, interested to see how he gets on. All right, I think it's your question. Oh, so it is, yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, this one is from Raymond Herlihy. That sounds like it's an Irish name and I've just mangled it. Uh huh. He says, is the tattoo situation at Arsenal out of control? That is a very good question. Yeah. Um, it, it is spiralling, definitely. Well, you know, is it just at Arsenal or is it in society? 
Are I the players at Arsenal not reflective of what's going on in society? I'm not sure it is society. I think it's mainly Premier League football. If Do I'm you honest. think? Well, I saw a guy the other day. I was uh, sitting outside uh, a pub in Dublin on Saturday afternoon uh, with Mrs. Bloggs having a quick pint. As you do, uh, it was a nice day and there was a young woman walking mm-hmm. along with her daughter and her, her husband or boyfriend and he had tattoos all the way up his neck and arms and things and, you know, I'm not here to judge but there was a time when if somebody had a tattoo on their neck you turned and ran very fast in the other direction. Right. It never meant anything good. Um, but I think, you know, it's just it's just a fashion and a trend and... Uh, Aaron Ramsey has tattoos all over his leg, his broken leg, doesn't he? Or the leg that was broken. He does, yeah. Mm. He does. Um, Wilshire's got some. I mean, I don't know. You know, if Per Mertesacker came with a big spider web tattoo all over his face, I would say, yes, it is out of control. Things have gone terribly wrong. So that'll be, yeah, that's the kind of litmus test. That is the litmus test, yeah. Turns up covered in tats. We know. Yeah, it's gone too far. If he, if 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 Mertesacker comes with the 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 spider web on the face, and then love and hate across the knuckles, mm. and a big anchor like Popeye on his forearm, then I think we can say it's out of control. Until then, I think it's just young boys being young boys. It's another Photoshop challenge for you guys. Yes, waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm glad I'm glad we've sorted that. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on this tattoo situation? Do you have any tattoos? I don't actually. Do you have any? No. I no, I, I couldn't commit to one idea. I think that's the issue. I'm not. I, I have no qualms with them. I quite like them, but um, it does seem that in the last ten years, the the fashion has shifted. Those sort of full half sleeves or whatever they're called. You know, I mean, that's uh, mm. pretty pretty intense. But look, good luck to them. You know, let's see what they look like when uh, they're all managers on the touchline. Yeah. Covered in you know neck tattoos. I wonder yeah, I'm, I'm like. very very interested to see you know a 60 year old David Beckham. Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> I sort of don't. I mean, it's like a curious mix of sort of fascination and horror. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I, like a like a wet painting. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> a wet painting. <laughs> all right. Here's a question from Mitesh Katri at Mitesh underscore K, and he said, uh, if you could change one rule in football, what would it be? He said, I'd introduce stop the clock and cut out all injury time. I don't know what either of those mean. I don't know what stop the clock means. So you'd have to play 90 minutes of actual football. So when the ball went out, the, the clock stopped. Is that it? I think that's what he means. So hang on, does he mean, would I dispense with stoppage time and just... No, he wants to know if you could change any rule in the game of football, what would it be? Right. Okay. Uh, wow. So I'm trying to figure out if I should give him a serious answer or not. Oh, do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm, a serious answer? Yeah. I'd allow weapons. <laughs> uh, I'd allow weapons, I think. Right. You know, like every player would have their own. You couldn't have duplicates. Like every player would have to have their own unique weapon that they were trained in. Right. Uh, and when you subbed a player, you might sub one on because the you know, guy is knows. dead. <laughs> yeah, well, or like, or, or like everyone knows Flamini uses a chainsaw, <laughs> so you got to bring him on at this point in the game because that's what's required. It's yeah. very tactical, right? Um, I think they'd all have to be hand weapons. Like, you, I don't think you'd be allowed guns. That you'd have to be things that you'd have to be no range weapons, basically. Right. So you got yeah. a close close combat. You're talking about. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I just think it would add another intriguing element to the mm. game. Um, what about you? Um, right. I, I would. Uh, I would. I would scrap the offside rule. Just scrap it completely. Yeah, get rid of it completely. So you could have like goal hatching, and you know that would be amazing. Just one I, guy standing in front of the goalkeeper the whole game. Did you? Did you know what I say? If I'm, do you know what I mean? If I say monkey rush. Mon- what's that I know so, oh, well, like last man back yeah exactly that exactly that so when we played school monkey rush was if but it basically meant whoever was in goal at that time was yeah. the goalkeeper fly keeper we call that yeah or, okay, or last man back last man back would work as well so I'd, impl- I'd implement that that would be quite good yeah just like you know whoever happens to be there Luis Suarez <laughs> him playing that rule he's good Cup. he's good yeah. at that 
Last man back. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything serious that irritates me about the rules. Not, not, not hugely. I mainly get annoyed by them not being implemented properly. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what it is. I mean, I you know introduce. If I was being completely serious, it's not really a rule about football, but you know the, the, this idea that a referee can't uh, review uh, an incident once he's given a yellow card—that's a load of shit. Get rid of that, and why not have? Um, why not have? And this is not necessarily changing a rule, but implementing a rule whereby, uh, after the fact, a, a manager can can cite a player on an opposing side if there's been a particularly bad foul. Video, oh, you, wow. more use of video um, replays, those kind of things are, are I think, going to be important in the future. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, I think video tech would be mm. right at the top of the list. Um, okay, do you want a question? Yes, please. This comes from Dave Lee at the Dave Lee. It's the Dave Lee, not any Dave Lee. Good. The Dave Lee. Well, we don't want second bests on this podcast. I know, but and yet I'm here. So uh, we we're gonna do this is a, a proposition for you. You've got to choose one of these two alternatives, okay? Okay. Steve Bruce's face on Giroud's body, right? And I think this is for you. I think this is you have to live your life like this. All right, okay. S- Steve Bruce's face on Giroud's body, oh. or Giroud's face on Steve Bruce's body, and he says forever. No diets or cosmetic surgery. Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah. Oh, that's really difficult. I think, yeah. God. Um, that is really ac- actually tough. That That is, a, because it would be so grotesque to, uh, way, to have really. either of those things, either Steve Bruce's face or his body. Like, if he chose the one for his body, you know... Chances are you, you you don't have long left because the heart attack is coming, right? It's definitely coming. Oh, good point. Yeah, you know. So I think I'd I think I'd go with that one just to get make it as short as possible to live life in that that horrendous way. <laughs> well, I thought I thought on that basis you were going to choose Giroud's body for longevity. No, no, I don't want to live long with Steve Bruce's face even yeah. on Giroud's body. If I can't change it, what's you know. <sighs> It's you want a great to get out body, though, can, isn't it? Like Joe Campbell. It is a great body. I'd love to have that body. And it's forever. And you'd never have to go to the gym. No. Nope. You know, you'd never have to, to do weights. You'd never have to do any training. That body is there forever. That Those abs, those little lines that go down to the old um, groinal area, you know. Yeah, God, God knows what they are. So, I mean, yeah, that, that could be quite tempting. And you could always wear a mask, couldn't you? Oh, of Olivier Giroud. Indeed. So maybe I'd go with that one. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with Juru's body and Steve Bruce's head and I'll wear a I'll wear a mask or a sackcloth or something like that. A sackcloth would be good. Just n- naked from the head down. Yeah. But with just a sack over your head. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be a good look. That'd be very popular indeed. Yeah, why not? There's old sack face. Good look at the body on him. Wow. Look at him, he's in great shape. He's incredible. What would you choose? Well, I mean I don't know. <sighs> Steve Bruce's face. It's a fascinating thing, his nose, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. I mean, Francis Cockland's not careful. He might end up like that. I think... Um, I have been fat. I've been fat. Not Steve Bruce fat, but fat. So I could maybe live with that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to wear a sack on my head, if I'm honest with you. I understand that. I mean, not I good for your career in comedy in B-Towns. You say that. It does sound quite funny. Bit of the um, old uh, Frank Sidebottom there. Yeah. I, no, I'm going to go for Giroud's face. I'd like to upgrade the face. And the body, <laughs> you know, it might it might have a sort of jolly charm to it. <laughs> uh, and Yeah, until... Um, a pleasant wiggle wobble. Exactly. Until, as you say, the imminent and impending death it'd be a short-lived thing so yeah i'll go with that okay lots of people would want to kiss you so you know they would but sort of they'd struggle to get to me (laughs) over my rolls of flab and your pendulous bosoms 
Indeed. All right. Here's one final question for you. And this is also uh, a pick and choose situation, but it's not one that is particularly uh, grim or or, or difficult. So this is a question about, you know, it's a hypothetical. Let's say we're going out there, we're going to sign a striker. And it comes from Matthew Kelly, who's at MJ Kelly 61 or 81. Hang on. 81. 81. 81. Uh, He said, if you had to pick one, Lacazette, Benzema, or Higuain, which one would you choose? I think I'd choose Benzema. Mm -hmm. I think simply because he's he's, he's quite proven. He's, He's been at Real Madrid. It's a massive club. He's used to expectation. He's used to winning things there. Um... I think I think I think he's probably all round the best of those players. Mm. So he he would be the one for me. What about you? In the very short term. Yeah, I mean he's quick actually, isn't he Benzema? Quite quite speedy. He's, right. he's got yeah, some he's, pace. He's not the slowest, no. Um and in terms of the way that we play the style that we play and um you know uh, what what we might need to upgrade then yeah, maybe maybe Benzema, but you know, I'm I'm quite tempted by this Lacazette fellow, but then I'm also wary that he could be just this season's name. You mm. know, he maybe he's not the the real deal. We don't know yet. So you've got to you've got to be willing to take a chance. Are are we willing to take a chance on something as important as the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield? Because those are the targets for this season. I'm not sure. So yeah, like you, I think I'd pick Benzema. Um, yeah, why not? Okay, well, we'll have Karen Benzema then. All right. Let's unveil him at the Emirates Cup. All right, you do that. Or you're not going to be there. <laughs> no, I'll ask someone else. All right, yeah, we we got Dick Law to do it. Okay, yeah, he's why got, not? He's got nothing else to do. All right, well, uh, thank you very much, as always, for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back next week with another Arscast Extra. Thanks for all your questions. Um, until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply.